With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! You don't like that? You don't like NBA basketball! Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of All That, brought to you by OTS. I am your host, Natalie, but most people call me Nat. And today, I'm back with, he might as well just soon be like a co-host of this show, Justin. <laughs> He is my co-host of Golden Spaces, as you know, um, at the package JG. Is that right? On Twitter. Yeah, there you go. So follow him if you're not. Um, But he's here to help me break down the Warriors Summer League, um, which if you follow me on, on Twitter or even Instagram, actually, you know that I was at Summer League and um, I met a lot of people and that was fun. So we'll talk about it. But I also watch some games, right? Which is somewhat of the purpose of Summer League. There's a lot of purposes of Summer League. So we'll talk about that. But I did watch some games, specifically the Warriors games. Um, So we'll talk about what we've seen from some of our young guys. Um, And let's also just talk about what's happened in free agency so far with respect to the Warriors, because there's a lot going on. But like with the Warriors specifically, and then just how maybe other free agency moves have you know, affected or will affect the Warriors. So how does that sound, Justin? Cool with you? That's good with me. All right, let's get into it. So Summer League, look, as you guys can see, I'm wearing my night-night shirt. Um, Had to represent. I flew back on a red eye this morning, so I'm actually pretty exhausted. Like, I basically got off the plane, and then I got back here, and now I'm recording this episode with, with Justin. So I appreciate you for hopping on with me. Um, summer league was fun. You know, it was, uh, a new experience for me, um, as a new content creator still slash fan. Right. So, um, always a fan first. So it's, I, I don't know that, I don't know how much like people know about summer league. Cause I actually didn't know that much about it. Like in terms of like what else happens there, you know? So, um, but it is probably the most accessible, like NBA players and like people around the NBA will be to you. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's just the most 
fascinating thing I've ever seen. Um, I'm not someone who really gets starstruck, so it's not that, but it was really like, oh yeah, I could just walk up to XYZ player. There were so many of them that I saw that I didn't take pictures with or go over to, but like yesterday, like CJ walked like right next to, like literally right past me. Like I was walking into arena. He just like walked past me. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the guy from the Grizzlies? Um, uh, the light skin one, <laughs> the so, one who Dre said that um Steph was containing his mind. Oh, is- Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain. Yeah, just say, I saw him. He kind of looked like douchey the way that like he comes <laughs> off. Like I saw someone like go over to him to try and look. I get it. People might be approaching them like the whole time, and they are humans and stuff like that. But like someone went over to try to like you know stop him, and like he just like kept walking. He didn't want to talk to them. Then his boy was like um he's going to the game he's going to the game and I'm just like bro is it that serious like whatever (laughs) like come on man like I see like Dwayne Wade stopping and talking to people like certainly you can Desmond Bain so um but let me not like look I'm not here bashing or spreading rumors about Desmond (laughs) it was just my observation in that moment he did not feel like talking to people um Terrence Mann like rolled by and like got in a car like there was just like mad people and so um the pictures that I tweeted I also met Festus Azili I don't even think I tweeted that picture I met Festus briefly um Ron Adams like he was walking to the bathroom and I was like Ron Adams (laughs) and he (laughs) he like walks over and he's like hello and I'm like I'm a big fan and I really am a big fan of Ron Adams you know the thing I don't know if he knows how much I bash Steve Kerr but I am a fan of Ron Adams um, <laughs> <laughs> and so he's like where are you from and I'm like New York and he asked me I don't know why I can't remember what else he asked me but he asked me another question and I was like yeah yeah no I, I cover the team independently and I have a podcast like you gotta just let people know who you are yeah. so he's like oh okay um, and so that was like basically it. And then I congratulated him on like his award, but he was a nice, you know, guy. Um, he seemed like a chill dude. Yeah, yeah, he definitely was. Um, Dikembo, that was like totally random. Like I get on the air train after just landing in the airport and like Dikembo like gets on the air train. Like what, like what is going on? Like why are you <laughs> even taking the air train? Um, so yeah, so I was just like, are my eyes deceiving me? You know, because no one else initially seemed to be reacting to him, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, no, nah, maybe this is just like a lookalike, but I'm like, nah, man. So I'm just like staring at him and he looks at me because like, he's probably like, why is this woman staring at me? So I was <laughs> just like, you mind if I take a picture? Because I ain't gonna lie to y'all. I was also exhausted myself and I was sitting down. So I didn't feel like getting up to get in the picture. But mm-hmm. I was like, can I take a picture of you? So he was like, yeah. And then he was with a woman and like she was talking to me a lot because she liked my hair. So I talked to his companion more than him. But then like afterwards, people started like taking pictures with him. And then like when we got off the air train, like at the airport, like people just started going up to him and stuff like that. So that was like my welcome to summer league moment. Like that was like the first thing that happened. And then the Jalen Brown thing was hilarious. Cause like literally we just got back to our hotel and we like pulled up and we like were walking like to go inside. And then like his car pulled up and all of a sudden out comes Jalen Brown. 
and it was crazy because like when we were at the arena for the day I was like I kept looking like is that Jalen like I don't know why I had Jalen Brown on my mind but I just was like <laughs> I thought I was gonna see Jalen Brown for some reason so when he I finally saw him I was like oh shit I was like I manifested this because I really thought I was gonna see you he laughed he was just like you out here manifesting things I was like yep <laughs> <laughs> so but he was really nice we were like can we take a picture with you he was like yeah sure and he stopped took a picture um you know and then he was having an event that night you know he did I think like on his socials I saw him like put it up I don't know exactly what it was after I know like one person who attended but it was mostly for players but it was right downstairs in our hotel. I was like, how do I get into the, v how do I get in there? Oh. I didn't figure that out, but next time <laughs> I'm going to get in there. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I manifested myself into this event. <laughs> you got to let me in. He's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so overall, it was pretty cool. I, Dwayne Wade, he was at the, I had went into like one of the Utah Jazz games and he was there. And my friend really is mad at me because I was gonna like, at the end, like I was gonna take a picture of him. And like, right when I was walking, like to do it, I bumped into someone I knew who oh. I had to talk to. So we went outside and we were talking cause it was like halftime. And then I came back and I spotted D Wade. He was like, still like on the bench. So I'm like, he's like, my friend is texting me cause she like Dwayne Wade is her favorite player and she's like oh my god like please like tell me every single thing that's happening so <laughs> I'm like I got you I'm like get a picture and also because like she had tweeted a long time ago um she's gonna be modeling like his like brands and mm. he responded and quoted her like with like you know like the speaker emoji like oh, yeah. whatever that emoji is so she's like remind him like who I am I was gonna do it like I don't care so I like have my eye on him the whole time. And then I take my eye off for one second to like, look at my phone, yo. And then he was gone and I could not oh, find him. I'm like, shit, cause I was literally like, I was like here and he was here. Like that's how close we were. Um, so it's really wild. Like how I saw Joel Anthony, I saw Baron Davis. He's probably the only person that I was like disappointed. I didn't get to talk to cause I wanted to talk to him but he was with people and it just felt really clear that I would have been like interrupting yeah. um but I wanted to talk to him because he had tweeted um uh, like at least within the last two months it was fairly recent and he was like wanted to know about women content creators like who create basketball content and even though I responded in the thread like of course he didn't reply to me so I wanted to be like hey I'm one of those people what's up <laughs> Yeah. I'm at your service. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but that didn't happen. So, and then I just like met up with like people who I already like knew, which is always cool to like meet people in person. Yeah. So like my overall take on it, like, just like, if you just want to go as a fan, I think you should go. Like, it's really accessible, like to the extent that you can get to Vegas. Right. But like people think Vegas is really expensive. And I know being expensive is like a subjective thing but there's so many deals right now to be in vegas like you know deals on hotels i really feel like you can get a reasonably priced like deal um so yeah like just go because like the games it's not expensive to go and you can actually even get tickets on the day of the games you know 
And I think they charge like if you go in late at night where there's only like a like a handful of games left, then I think it's like cheaper. But like for the day to go to the games for the day, they that's how they charge. They don't do like single games. It's like 50 something dollars. And oh, then like you okay. can just like beat like that's it, you know? Yeah. So each day. But you know, so it's just a very accessible things for like fans. Like if you want to meet NBA players and be near them, it's like cool. You know, you could, you know, do that. So um, and then if you're someone who's like on the come up, I think it's good too. I definitely think it's better to be credentialed. Um, and so that's my goal, right? Next mm -hmm. year, remember it, you're on today with me, Justin. So next year, this time, I will be credentialed. <laughs> that's Manif the, another manifestation. Another right manifestation. Yes, that's what I'm going to work on. Um, I definitely think it would improve the experience, but I wouldn't like, I would still do this again, you know? So it was definitely fun for me as a fan, fun for me as just like, wow. Um, and then there's just all the little tea that you get. And like, that's cool because people are starting to drop tea to me. So I feel <laughs> like an insider, but there's also the tea that you get just by like observing things, you know, like, or, or people who like, work in the hotel saying things and not knowing who's around and listening so there's lots of little things that i heard i was like <laughs> oh, okay is that what's happening all right let me keep it moving so it's uh interesting <laughs> oh, okay yeah no uh, definitely i definitely we'll talk about that offline though because i ain't gonna be telling nobody mm -mm, nah, I'm <laughs> i ain't gonna be one of them people <laughs> but it was definitely definitely it was fun, fun time. So I uh, just want to share that little nugget with you guys about Summer League in case anyone was curious what it's about, what's going on. But let's get into the games now because there were, for that Summer League, I think the Warriors so far have played three games. I missed the first one because I think the first one was on the Friday because Summer League started last Thursday. Um, I didn't get out there till Saturday morning. Um, yeah, that's the other thing. If you're going to go, it is a really long period because it's like it started on Thursday and goes through next weekend. But I really do think going in on the earlier end is better. Like mm -hmm. I was told like to be there for the middle and I kind of left in the middle. So maybe we'll see like there because there were a couple of people I knew coming in like that just came in. But I do think being there for the opening weekend is like the better thing. Like people really seem to be out there for like the first couple of days. So I, that was just my initial observation from my first one. So I missed that first game on Friday cause I wasn't there yet, but I was there for the game on Sunday and I was there for the game yesterday where they acted like they didn't feel like playing basketball. So um, mm -hmm. there's been three games now so far. And I, you know, um, yes, the yesterday's game was the first one where all three of the young guys played together. I think Quinn has played in all of them too, mm -hmm. um, Quinn Derry, but um, not like heavy minutes all the time. Right. So, and then there's uh, this McClung guy and there's Santos. Um, those are some of the names that have kind of like you've heard and people have been talking about. So I would love to get your thoughts, um, Justin, because first of all, I, uh, you know, I actually haven't been that tuned in with the TL, but um, from what I'm seeing, 
the timeline seems to be split on McClung and whether he can be of any value. Um, and I have people telling me that they would prefer Chioza over him. And I think those people are crazy, um, but maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> um, and then I see some people still bashing wise men. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's some, like, I felt like Wiseman had like some good things that he showed, you know, I, did, I like, I certainly don't see a reason to like bash him. And I see things that he needs to improve, but like, this is his first, this is his first basketball, in, like so many years. I feel like we need to manage expectations. That's sort of how I feel. Um, uh, you know, Moses kind of had like a really cold night in yesterday's game and then got like a little bit better, started doing other things, attacking. Um, I thought actually yesterday was one of Kaminga's better games. Like in the beginning too, he started off slow, but I thought he got better. But like in some of the other first couple of games I saw, I thought he was sort of, I don't know, maybe it was like a little bit too much isolation, you know, basketball for me. So those were just like my quick observations because like I'm watching the games, but I'm also like talking and having conversations. So I'm mm -hmm. not as tuned into the games as I should be. Um, I thought Santos was like steady the whole time. I don't know if they're really considering him for like a two way or to like, like, you know, a camp invite to try to make the team. But he seemed to just be a smart player who did good things mm -hmm. on the court. And then McClung, like McClung had his moments, but I know people felt like he was like looking to get his, you know, his own first and maybe not distributing the way he needed to. Mm -hmm. um, but there's also like a part of me that understands like why players are playing like that, right? They're trying to make the team. So they're trying to show what they're capable of. I don't know enough about his background to know, like, is he a player that will like buy in? But like, if he were to even make the Warriors team, you're talking about a guy who's probably on a two way, right? Like he's not gonna be like, you know, I, to me, he can handle, he can pass, he can actually score, shoot a little bit. To me, I feel like I would prefer that skill set over Chiozo, who can uh, get guys, I guess, into order or a game manager. But I feel like that's what, you know, Chiozo was. I feel like that's what um, Wanamaker was. Like, and I know that Kerr likes those guys, but those guys make me angry when they're on the court. And like Chiozo, like, he really used to make me angry because he would just dribble the air out the ball and then, like, at the last minute, like, pass it for someone to do something. Like, I didn't even see him doing that much organizing, to be honest. Like, I didn't see the value in him. So I could see the value in a guy like a McClung. And also, like, there are other players that none of these guys may even make it. We don't know, like, who the Warriors are looking at. So those were my high-level thoughts. So, like, what you give me, like, the breakdown now, please, on each of these guys, what you were seeing. Okay. Um, I'll start with the, the non, like, rookie warrior, like, actually okay. the roster players. Um, Mac, he's a player that was like highly touted in, in high school. If you look up his name on YouTube, he has a ton of like, uh, like hoop mixtapes and stuff like that. Freak athlete, crazy dunks and stuff like that. Um, he went to Georgetown. I actually seen him a few times because you know, I live in DC. So I've seen him around a few times, but I think they invited him just because they know he's a player that can, you know, that can actually hang out there in, in that type of environment. Um, I'm not sure if they instructed them to, you know, go out there and just play your game or go out there and try to set up the Warriors like young players or whatever right. it may be. 
Um, but he's definitely out there, you know, looking to get a job, whether it's with the Warriors or whether it's with a team that has a little bit more opportunity in space. Right. Um, but yeah, that's just kind of like how the G League and Summer League kind of goes, right? It's just those guards that are just trying to break into the NBA, just kind of dominating everything and just not necessarily looking for bigs and stuff like that on the roll. Um, so that's not really, unex- that's not, wasn't, that wasn't something that I didn't expect. Um, I think in this type of environment, Chioza might be a little bit better just because he would make it more of an effort to get Wiseman and Kaminga and Moody the ball. Now, when you say in this environment, are you saying in a summer league environment or in general, an environment like on the Warriors? Um, In an environment in which they're trying to give reps to Wiseman, Kaminga and Moody, that isn't an actual NBA game. Um. I mean, like an actual, you know, regular season or whatever type of game, Chiozo would probably be better because he's that type of guard that just defers to other players and sets other players up. Whereas McClung is a guy who's looking for his own shot. So in that circumstance, you know, it's you end up with Wiseman only taking six shots or whatever in the game. You end up with Kaminga having to essentially bring the ball up for himself and then create at the top of the key, which might not be his strong suit at this point in his career. And do you think Mac is the kind of guy like you're not going to be able to get him to buy in and like distribute more like he just is who he is? I think if they say, hey, if you do this, we're going to sign you, he would do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I think he's he's more so trying to showcase his his best attributes, which is his athleticism and his creativity with the ball. Um, so, I mean, he was with the Lakers on a 10 day last year. Um, he's probably just like going to be in that kind of like fringe NBA player type of space for a little bit before he can, you know, get another opportunity somewhere, potentially with the Warriors in a two-way. Um, right now, the Warriors have Lester Quinones signed on a two-way, but as if, if people don't know, you can kind of remove a two-way contract, like almost right. want, um, and just replace it with another player. So he's not necessarily sticking in that spot. Um, as of right now, uh, as far as Guy Santos, I think he's still under contract with his team in Brazil. So he would have to be bought out from them um, to be brought into the NBA and potentially on a two-way, whatever the case may be. Um, so I think he's more so like a draft and stash type of deal, kind of like okay. Justin and Jessup, but I don't think they'll ever bring Jessup up. He just <laughs> he doesn't look great. <laughs> no. The game looks a little bit too fast, a little bit too athletic for him, um, and he's not dead-eye of a shooter enough for him to – you know, be like one of those Duncan Robinson types where it's just right game might be too fast, but he can still play. Um, getting into like, you know, Wiseman and Kaminga and Moody, I think everyone can agree that Moody's look the most, you know, calm, steady, consistent out of them. You can see the high-end talent that Kaminga and Wiseman bring just with their size and their athletic ability. You know, Kaminga just he he's so strong for his size, he's so agile. At six eight six nine, he moves like a like a small player, right? So that's why he's they're deploying him at point of attack on defense. He's picking up guys ninety four feet. He's guarding guys like J D. Davidson, who is one of the freakiest athletes uh, potentially in this rookie class coming up. And he's you know just kind of just sticking with him the whole time. So you can see the upside for these guys, but you can also see that they're super young. Um, you know, they make a few mistakes here and there that you're just kind of like, why did you even think of doing that type of thing? Right. But, they're 19, 20, 21 years old. So you can only expect that, especially when they, they haven't been in an environment like a Houston or a Memphis or these other places where young guys are expected to play 25, 30 minutes a game and play 60, 70 games in their rookie season. 
Um, so, you know, you just, you, you know what to expect and you just kind of look for the little things they can potentially improve on, like Wiseman being a little bit more physical. I think that's the main thing he should be focusing on right now, just being able to, you know, assert his dominance as far as his size, because he is one of the biggest players in the NBA, right? He's over seven foot. He has massive arms, his shoulders are broad, and he's, you know, he's explosive. So he can kind of use that to his advantage. But it seems like sometimes he's a little bit too focused on what's going to happen next. Maybe he's trying to anticipate something and it just, the play passes him by, the opportunity to assert himself passes him by. Um, but then he'll have a moment out of nowhere where he just throws somebody out the way, grabs a rebound and puts it back and dunks it. It's like, you can do that every do that play. more every time. You know what I mean? Like you can do that pretty much every play in this environment. Nobody can stop you. Um, and with Kaminga, it's not necessarily the opposite, but you see him asserting his, you know, his physical dominance a lot more. Like he's trying to get to the rim, barrel through people. He's trying to use his speed and his athleticism and strength and go through people. But you, you kind of want to bring him back down a little bit and say, hey, you probably could have passed and cut. You probably could have did a little bit more off the ball. You know what I mean? You don't have to play hero ball and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's just those two guys getting a lot more reps and experience and understanding what's going to stand out for them in these next one to two to three years as players um, a part of the team. Um, but you can see why, you know, people are, are high on them in year four, five, six of their career and the, the ceiling they can potentially reach. Right. And one would imagine that when they're playing on the floor with guys like Steph and Dre and just like smarter players and better players, they'll, they'll look better um, in general. So I think that's what my guess is Warriors management is banking on to like say that they can still help and contribute it because they'll be a little bit more contained in those settings. Yeah. And it's, and it's weird because summer league is an environment that they're going to be put in positions where they will never be put in. Well, not never, but they, they won't be put in with the main team. Like you're not going to ask Kaminga to bring the ball up when he's playing with the main guys. You're not going to ask Wiseman to have a post-up isolation, you know, stuff like that. Um, so it's, you, you kind of like, you got to take what you see with a grain of salt. Like you got to understand what the environment is and it's going to be very, very different from what the regular season is and the playoffs is with this team. Um, understanding Wise is going to get the ball in a lot more advantageous situations. You know, Steph's going to draw two people. Clay is going to draw two people. Draymond is going to be able to give those connective passes better than anybody in the summer league can. So um, just understanding that their roles are going to be a lot smaller, but also keeping in mind that they're young players and, you know, their, their mind might be, I want to have a bigger role, you know what I mean? So hopefully having guys around, like potentially bringing Andre back and just the overall vets of the team, just kind of making sure that they understand the bigger picture is going to be huge for them in their development. Um, what did you think of Quinn? Do you think he's going to get a roster spot? Like, I think, yeah, I think he's an NBA player for sure. Um, I tweeted like probably like a, the other day or, or a week ago or so that he's GP2 light. People kind of like, there's some people like, yeah, some people like relax. I think he is too. I think he is too. I think, I mean, like GP2 is obviously a nuclear player and what he, what he does, his skill set, he's the best player in the league at what he does. But the skill set itself, Quindary has the same skill set, right? Being able to pick guys up, 
point of attack, 94 and feet. And I think Quinn is maybe a little bit of a better offensive player. Yeah, I mean, and what he does well, like, I mean, he's he's better at the things that GB2 doesn't do well, like shooting the ball, um, creating off the dribble for himself. He's a good finisher inside. GB2 is like 75, 80% at the rim. So it's, GB2 has him in that aspect. He's a little bit more explosive of an athlete, but Quindary has like 6'9", 6'10", wingspan or something like that. He, he And he'll get more opportunities, though, to finish at the rim. So that percentage could, you know, it can go, go up. up and skyrocket for sure, for sure. I think he should. He's really smart. Roster. Like he always knows when to cut like exactly. where to rebound he just like knows where to be on the court like that's what i've observed exactly i mean he's like he's like a warriors player those those guys that just understand the read and react understand how to cut off the ball on both sides of the ball understanding rotations and because the warriors defense can be complex for a lot of people and i think he'll fit right in and we saw a few times in the regular season last year that he fits right in so yeah i think he makes the roster um i would like to see the warriors add one or two more front court veterans. I agree. Um, kinda, you know, who could those off. be? Um, based I on what you see that's left available in the market. Some names that's been thrown around is like uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez uh, or Bo Cruz. If you've seen the movie Hustle, um, he's a guy that can kind of stretch the floor a little bit. Physical six nines ish, you know, defender type, good role player. He played for the Celtics last year. I don't think he finished the season for them, but. He's decent. He can slide in there. Markeith is another guy that's still available. He had the injury last year after the tussle with Jokic, but if he can get his health back in order, he's a guy that can stretch the floor, be physical inside, grab some rebounds. Um, a lot of Warriors fans don't like this guy, but Blake Griffin is another guy, you know, just big body, physical, just somebody that can eat 10 minutes a game in the regular season to kind of save Dre's legs, save Loon's legs, stuff like that. Um, and sometimes he shoots well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think in the system, he's going to shoot wide open. So, like, he, I anticipate he'll shoot a lot better. And he can pass, too. So, he's, he's another guy who's pretty smart. His body's been kind of failing him over the years. But I think if they can, you know. They can manage him. We know that they know how to manage players. Exactly. And exactly. their bodies. Yeah. So, I think adding one of those guys would go a long way. And I think Quindary should probably get one of those other three spots as well. Okay. So yeah, I mean, they need to get like two more vets, but I don't know like who they're getting. Um, with the addition of Dante, do you still think like Patrick Beverly would be a fit? Cause I still see people talking about him and I kind of like, I don't know if we need like another guard. He'd be, um, he wouldn't be filling a need at this point. He would just be making the Warriors strengths even better. Right. I think the Warriors defense was so good last year because their point of attack and their rotations were, were preventing people from getting shots at the rim, right? They, it's how they pretty much won a championship without a, le, without a legit rim protector, right? Draymond used to be that, but he's aged. He doesn't have the vertical you know, ability that he used to have, especially after that back injury. So they just said, okay, we, won't, we can't protect the rim the same way, but we can just make sure you can't get to the rim at all by just staying in front of you the whole time. So I think adding a guy like Patrick Beverly you know, having the guys they already have and Dante DiVincenzo and even maybe Quindary, they'll they'll have just as strong of a perimeter group as they had last year and they'll be able to just, you know, keep people out of the paint. Okay. What do you think about like some of the other, and we don't need to get into them in detail, but I guess what my question actually is, is 
have there been any moves around the league that you've seen that make you say like this team can really threaten the Warriors not saying like the Warriors are unbeatable because like like I think the Clippers are one of those teams in the West but Mm -hmm. like are there other teams that you're just like nah man like they are just now on paper better than the Warriors and like it's going to be an issue um I wouldn't say that I feel like as long as your main guys are still there which they are for the Warriors you know the top five or six players are still in the Warriors then that core can play against any other team's core. But as far as the top to bottom roster, um, obviously Boston got a lot better by adding Brogdon and Danilo Gallinari. They essentially ran out a rotation of like seven or eight players through the entire playoffs. Um, so you can see how that caught up with them, you know, getting into the finals, even though it didn't affect their shooting. It kind of affected, you know, their defensive rotations right. might have been a little bit uh, slower. Um, just it was just a war of attrition for them. So just adding another player like Brogdon, who's another body that they can add, also another ball handler that kind of slows down their offense when need be because they they got into some issues getting to getting some good shots generated. And then Gallinari is a guy who can add a little bit more offense, and then he's a, another playable player that they have that can save some other guy's legs. So Boston for sure. Um, other than that. I don't think any teams added players that make them that make me say, okay, they can give the Warriors some issues, but players that are that were injured last year that are going to be healthy this year, obviously the Clippers, the Nuggets, um, the Bucks, they're going to get Chris Middleton back. So those three teams stand out as well as just being able to add their own guys back from injury. So are the Nuggets going to be a good defensive team? I think they'll be okay. I think they'll be kind of like Dallas was last year, where it's like they can defend certain matchups. Their numbers are going to look good in the regular season just by, you know, just the regular season. But when it gets to a playoff series, teams are going to put Michael Porter Jr. and Jokic and Jamal Murray in the pick and roll time after time after time again. And if they cannot defend that, I don't think the guys that they added can make up for that. I don't think KCP and Bruce Brown um, can make up for the – you know, the issues that, that you're presented when you put those guys in the pick and roll. So now yeah. if Kyrie were to go to the Lakers, would you be worried about the Lakers? <clears throat> worried? No, I would definitely acknowledge them as a contender at that point, given, you know, Kyrie and AD play, you know, I mean, really Kyrie, AD and LeBron, all of them have had, whether it be injury issues or it's just like you know the off the core political issues that kept them from playing a lot of games so if they can play most of the season to to get their chemistry together develop you know playoff rotations and they go into the playoffs healthy then i can acknowledge them as a team that can be a threat for sure um you give lebron another iso score in Kyrie, um and then lebron and ad two of the freakiest players in the nba as far as what they can do on both ends of the court so they will always be a threat for sure, but I would I wouldn't say that they would be a team that I would pick the to beat the Warriors for sure. I would. And what about Kevin Durant to the Suns? If he goes to the Suns and they're able to keep Booker and Chris Paul, um, I still wouldn't pick them to beat the Warriors. I think their issues would still be the same, right? Because um, they're gonna lose I, some of their wing depth, though, right? Like right. in that. Okay. Right. Let me rephrase that. I don't think their issues would be the same, but they will have the same ceiling as a team because they will have some issue, like a glaring issue, right? Whereas last year, 
They had a great defense and they had a good floor of Chris Paul and Devin Booker generating offense, but they did not have that second gear um, of offense that can be generated once those guys kind of get shut down a little bit. They will be able to get that if they add Kevin Durant, but they would lose a lot on the defensive end if they lost Aiden and Bridges and Cam Johnson and Jay Cloud and all those guys too. So um, if you just take Kevin Durant and put him on the Suns right now without losing anybody, then for sure they'd be a really, really good team, potentially could beat the Warriors. But if in a trade scenario, I can't see them making up that gap. Okay. Especially as CP3 is aging. Yeah, I'm anxious to just see how the Warriors are going to fill out the rest of the roster. Um, because I just want to know, I want to be able to kind of talk about them, you know, like, and like better, you know, and it's hard because we just don't know what they're going to do. And I feel like, I feel like the Warriors in some way always kind of surprise a little bit or do things a little delayed. Right. I remember like, it didn't really work out that well, but like all of a sudden we got DeMarcus Cousins and no one saw that coming. And then like free agency started, it seemed like everyone was getting picked up. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, Otto Porter. And then like, you kind of felt a little bit better, mm-hmm. you know? And then like this year, that, that I didn't freak out this year, but that's how people were like, ah, ah, nothing's happening. And then mm-hmm. Dante got signed, you know? So like, they just kind of come out of nowhere with, you know, people, um, I don't know if there's potential buyout candidates anywhere. So, but I just, I would like the roster to be filled out and completed. So I'm looking forward to that happening. Um, so I hear that uh, Stephen Curry is the second best player since Jordan <laughs> or second only to Jordan. That's, that's what the streets are saying, Justin. Man, the streets don't lie too much either. What did you think about that Bobby Mark take? Because, you know, it's so funny that I literally was having a conversation with um, one of my girls um, and um, one of the hoopstresses, actually, I don't know if you know her, Malika, but we were actually on the phone and we were, because uh, we, she's a Nets, she like covers the Nets and she's a Nets person, so um, she also, you know, covers the WNBA, um, for the Hoopstresses. And so like, she's just so distraught about like her nets, like just, you know, <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, understandably. And, and then we just started talking about the warriors and stuff and other things. And we were talking about, she's like, I really think like Steph can get to like six or seven. Like, that's what she's saying to me is like, you know, and that's fan. I was just like, yeah, I like, I think if Steph didn't lose those two years, I really thought seven was possible. Um, I don't think it's impossible, but it's a lot harder losing those two seasons. Um, but I, I think five is, I think five is very possible. And I think six is reasonably possible. Um, and you know, just kind of talking about like his legacy and what it would be and all this stuff. And I'm just like, you know, people don't listen when Steph talks, like that's why all this other shit, like Steph wants to be in those conversations like he's very aware of his legacy he's very aware of like how things are remembered which is why I think a lot of this stuff doesn't bother him because he's been around so much he knows like when Jordan won his first ring Lakers players were hurt key guys no one talks about that they just say like Jordan beat the Showtime Lakers like no one's gonna remember that shit right so he understands that right and um but like he said enough to let you know that he wants to be up there in the pantheon. Like he wants 
to be discussed in those conversations. Um, so he's going to do what needs to be done, you know, to, to make that happen. And I think people are very, it always annoys when people say, oh, Steph doesn't care about these things. Yes, he does. Yes, sure. he does. Like, because he doesn't put it out there like LeBron and Kevin Durant, don't think it doesn't matter to him. And it does. You and you don't reach the heights that he has reached without having that competitive Please. desire in your, you know, burning inside you. He has a maniacal work work ethic for a reason because he wants to be the best that he can possibly be. Yeah. And he knows that the best that he can possibly be is up there with those Yes. <laughs> so it doesn't even make sense to say that he doesn't care about the stuff. He's just, you know, he's a guy that doesn't, he's not very rah-rah about it. And he's not very petty in the sense of, you know, trying to bring other people down and doing the other weird stuff that a lot of other stars would do. Right. But he definitely wants to be up there. He does. And so like, I've always said this, you know, cause I, like I've said before, I've had this conversation, Jay Thompson, another person who keeps Macy on Twitter. I said to her, I was like, I think when Steph's career is said and done, he's going to finish on Rushmore. I think he's like, it'll be like universally accepted that he's a top five player all time or mostly accepted um, by the time his career is done. I've said that before. Um, and I remember she thought that was a spicy take. And I'm like, I, I don't think it is. And it's not that she didn't think that it was possible. She just, she didn't think that like people would accept that because of like what she sees. I'm like, he's going to make it so that it won't matter. Like, it's just like his, re his resume is going to be like undeniable. So I've always said that, but I've also said to people, I was like, listen, I watched a lot of basketball and he is the second best player I've seen since Jordan. And like with my eyes, he has to get the, he has to do the resume. Right. Like, so I still don't have him as second yet, but I was just like, after Jordan, he is the player that I've seen that I'm just like, wow, he's the second best to me. So when Bobby Mark said that, I was like, oh, people are starting to see the vision. They're starting to see the vision. But I just, I wanted to know what your thoughts were on it. Um, Cause mm -hmm. we've kind of talked about all time rankings before and stuff. And we differ a little bit um, in particular with respect to LeBron, but you <laughs> know, um, <laughs> I know that you think that like, you're like, there's not five guys better than Steph. So I know you think he's like up there. For sure. For sure. And like you said, the resume has to, you know, just be up just a little bit to, legitimize I guess the claim that he's the best since Jordan and stuff like that but like I said before um those guys that are all there like as players alone if you just look at a five-year peak or whatever the case may be it's not a lot of separation between those guys like no yeah especially if you look at say what is what is LeBron's peak I don't know like 2013 his, his first ring to his last ring is that his peak over that period, you can say Steph has been just as good. You know what I mean? Other than the, the first two Miami rings before Steph stepped into superstardom, from Steph's first MVP to present, you can make a legitimate argument that he's been the best player in the league over that stretch. LeBron James has played all of that stretch in his prime. So if you can say that he's been just as good or right there with LeBron, who many consider to be the greatest of all time, then why can't Steph be up there with those well, this guys. Is what, this is why I just always laugh at like, I, I'm, I listen, of all people, LeBron fans ain't going to tell me who I can consider because they were saying that man was second best and with Jordan before he even got before any of even, that shit. Yeah, for and sure. And so like, like we're talking about this 
and we're still saying like Steph has to you know do some things get like right and then they're still saying like but he still can't be in that conversation fuck out of here like y'all can kiss my ass so you know that that group is not going to be the one to tell me anything but I, I just I don't understand like when I hear people still saying like Steph is like for sure top 15 I'm like I can't even take you seriously like if you're saying anything outside of the top 10 like we're not in those discussions anymore yeah. there's no there are not 14 guys who have better resumes than Steph like what are you telling me right now it is right. insanity for you to be looking at a player of his like if he was a few inches taller you would you would not be saying nothing about no fucking top 15 like shut or up few shades, or a few shades darker oh, yeah i was gonna say that too but i was trying <laughs> to not i was trying not to go there today <laughs> <laughs> i mean i've had people legitimately tell me they don't like steph because he didn't come from a humble background yeah. because he didn't grow up right. well. it's like that's just the weirdest thing ever to me but i mean what's his name what not Steven Jackson, the other one who does all the smoke. Um, Matt Barnes. Barnes, yeah. I mean, he said, like, yeah, when Steph came around, like, you know, like, he came from, like, a two-parent household. Or he said, he mentioned something about, like, mm -hmm. I was just like, what? Like, I, this is crazy to me. It's funny because Kobe did, right? I'm pretty and sure Kobe, yeah, he, his, his dad was in the NBA, so he, he wasn't poor growing up, like. No, like not at all. I know the area Kobe <laughs> came from because I went to school in that area and I know people like, cause Kobe and I are like, he's a, he's a few years older than, well, he was a few years older than me, but like, like I was in school in college. I went to school in Philly and like, there were people in school with me who like were his classmates. So mm. like, I always kind of felt like I knew Kobe cause like I knew a lot of people like around him and the area that Marion, whatever it's called, Upper Marion, whatever yeah, it is, yeah. like that area is a very nice area of, mm -hmm. of Pennsylvania. And uh, Kyrie's another one I laugh at. Like Kyrie's not from the hood. His father, his people are, but Kyrie did not grow <laughs> up in the hood. Like no matter how he plays Rucker Park basketball, like that's not, that's why I laugh when people are like, and even Russ, Russ grew up like in a nice family environment. Like Paul George, I mean, people, clown him for other things but i'm just saying like yeah like this thing y'all have against steph like he's not the only guy right it's it's kind of like the grant hill thing but like 10 times more you mm. know like when the michigan guys and like grant hill because he went to duke and all that shit i don't know if you remember that back in the day um but he kind of got that a little bit yeah with the uh you talking about with the fat five like yeah, that. yeah yeah all right, Justin, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for hopping on with me. Um, I definitely am be tapping into you again as I put out episodes um, over the summer. But, you know, guys, thank you for tuning in. Remember that over the, over, over the off seasons, I shouldn't just say summer, um, episodes will be coming more like every other week, right? So um, tune in but it's just going to be on a different frequency, but unless something happens and if something happens, you know, we have you covered on all that and also on golden spaces on, on Twitter. So we will be around, but like, we're not just going to come on to come on. Like, you know, when there's something to discuss, y'all will hear from us. Right. So until next time, continue to enjoy this warriors championship, Justin, thank you. All right. Take care. Yeah.